This message is brought to you by Nuveen. Nuveen has provided investment excellence for 125 years with expertise across income and alternatives. Nuveen continues to expand its capabilities while maintaining its legacy as a leading investment manager. Visit Nuveen.com to learn more. Investing involves risk. Loss of principle is possible. The following is a special production of WSJ Podcasts. I'm Jean Chatsky. I'm the Today Show's financial editor, and I host the Her Money podcast. I'm Sharon Epperson. I'm CNBC's senior personal finance correspondent, and I also host a show called Retire Well on CNBC.com. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. I'm the financial contributor to O the Oprah magazine, and I host a podcast called So Money. I'm Bobby Rebel. I'm the host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, as well as an author, a journalist, and a certified financial planner. I'm Deirdre Bolton. I am a financial and economic correspondent on Fox Business and Fox News. I am also the host of Women and Money with Deirdre Bolton on Fox Business. This is Secrets of Wealthy Women from the Wall Street Journal, helping women empower themselves financially. Now, Veronica Dagger. Welcome to a special edition of Secrets of Wealthy Women. As the new year begins, we're bringing together some of the top women in personal finance to talk about their key financial resolutions for the new year. Jean Chatsky, Sharon Epperson, Bobby Rebel, Farnoosh Tarabi, and Deirdre Bolton have all found success by being savvy about their money. They join us with their top financial resolutions for 2019. So, Sharon, you're going to give us a healthcare resolution, and you are very passionate about healthcare for a very personal reason. I was wondering if you'd be willing to share your story before you give us the resolution. So I'm a brain injury survivor. I had a ruptured brain aneurysm, which basically is just like an explosion, literally, in your brain two years ago in September of 2016. And uh, it took a long recovery time. And so I was out of work for the better part of a year. And what I've learned is a very important resolution for everyone to have in their financial life is to have disability insurance. Because as many times as I've reported about people being injured or going on disability, it is so very true that you're more likely to be disabled while you're working than you are to pass away even. And so when you're thinking about how to protect yourself, you want to protect your greatest financial asset, and those are your earnings. And the best way to do that is to have disability insurance as well as an emergency fund. But we talk about that a lot, and we don't talk about this form of insurance. Getting it on your own may be seen as something that's expensive, but if you're not able to work and you have your own business, you need to make sure that you have money coming in until you're able to then go back to your job. And if you're able to get it through your job, it's very important that you make sure you get as much as you can, and even maybe pay a little bit of a premium yourself to get the best coverage that you can. Because having 40 to 60% of your income covered when you're unable to work can be the difference between a financial disaster and financial strength at a time that you need to be strong for yourself and like your family as well. Um, Jean, do you feel like this is something young people should be thinking about too? Does this apply to someone who's in their 20s? It it absolutely does, although most 20-year-olds will say this is not even on the radar. The bigger need is among single women. 
And and that's because when you've got a spouse in the picture, if something happens to you, at least you've got another person who could potentially enter the workforce if they're not in it right now. We we are always telling single people you don't need to buy life insurance unless you have dependents, and, and many think they do, but you do need disability insurance because the only person that you have to rely on is you. But what if someone says, oh, I'm young, I'm healthy, this sounds crazy, Farnoosh? Oh, to be young. I think that that is... Well, you are young. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is really the time to invest in yourself. Um, Here's the thing. The older you get, the more expensive disability insurance becomes, um, much like other kinds of insurance. And so get it while you're young and healthy. Um, And I will say I have disability insurance as a business owner. It is one of my more expensive monthly bills, but it provides so much relief. It's such stress relief. Um, and, And to be honest, it wasn't that easy getting it as an entrepreneur. I had to cast a very wide net as someone who works from home and much of my income comes from writing and writer's block, things like that, or things that insurance companies worry about sometimes for, as, as writers and journalists. Just don't dis, don't be discouraged by the process because it can be a little bit of a tough thing as an entrepreneur. I was surprised by that, but I got it. So, Farnish, you're going to give us a resolution for women who make more. Mm-hmm. And we're hearing more and more women are in that situation. Would you share your own experience with that? Sure. Yeah. So it's an amazing trend, upward trend that I want to celebrate and I want the momentum to keep building. The The issue that I found in my own life and then as I explored it outside of my own life was that there are a lot of unique complexities that come with being the female breadwinner in your home. Um, there are challenges that we aren't prepared for. I think the issue for women that I hear a lot and I can also relate to is that, especially when you become a mom, as someone who is uh, at the forefront of earning for your household and also now your mom, you're at the forefront of parenting. Those are two huge, amazing responsibilities that uh, you know can start to really bog you down. And it's really important for female breadwinners to open the lines of communication with their partners, to um, not let the stress get to them, um, to outsource, to uh, you know, find their, their fellow female breadwinners. Um, this is much more of a, an emotional challenge than it is a tactical, practical challenge. You know, we can talk all about how to budget and how to plan for your family as the breadwinner, but it's another to kind of explore all of the emotional issues that come up. At the end of the day, I, we want this to be able to something that we can normalize and celebrate as opposed to being a a challenge. And so your main resolution would be what? To take care of yourself? Well, take care of yourself, right. And, uh, you know, touching on health again, because again and again, on repeat, what I hear from women who are out there killing it in their careers and then coming home and then nonstop is that they kind of lose their sense of self in all of this. Um, They forget to seek help. They forget to be good to themselves. You know, doctor appointments aside, just like having budgeted time for yourself to sleep, to unwind, to relax, to do whatever you want to do, frankly. I take naps uh, and I'm unapologetic about it. And I like to give my husband not just things to help me with, but here's like domains that you can take on. It's not enough just to ask for help sometimes. You have to completely unload some of the responsibilities that you've been taking on to people that want to help you. That's the good news. 
people want to help you. Your partner wants to be your hero. So take advantage of that. I think you just gave two fun, two great resolutions. And one is to make sure that you take care of yourself because our physical, mental, and financial health is really going to be paramount every year, including in 2019. But the other thing that you highlighted, whether you make more than a spouse or less, or whether you make more than you ever thought you would or less than you had anticipated, you need to have a conversation with the people who love you and the people who are with you. And so whether that's your spouse or parents that you now have to take care of or children that you now want to take care of themselves and you don't you want to make sure that they're financially independent, having that conversation is so difficult sometimes to just even get started. But putting that on your January calendar at some point, I'm going to broach, you know, this aspect of what I really want to get at, you know, over coffee and then maybe we'll go out to dinner and then maybe we'll because it's it's a hard thing to talk about and particularly when you are the the primary breadwinner it is a difficult it is a difficult dance but if you don't talk about it it's never going to get figured out well and the third thing that you pointed to so appropriately is the inordinate larger share of the housework that women who work outside the home continue mm-hmm. to take on and we have to give ourselves a break when it comes to that, whether we do it by delegating or whether we do it by just, as Tiffany Dufu likes to say, dropping the ball, which <laughs> which I love. I mean, the bed doesn't have to get made every day. Jean, you're going to give us an investment resolution. I'm wondering, you just started your site, Her Money. What's the most common question you get from women about investing? Sadly, I think the most common question I get asked is, how do I wrap my hands around this. And and I say sadly because we are, many of us as women, we have 401ks, we've got IRAs, we have investments, we are investors, we just don't own or feel confident in the fact that we're doing this and we're not giving ourselves credit for what we're already doing. As part of Her Money, I've been going around and hosting these Her Money happy hours that are small gatherings of women where we just talk about money. And one of the questions that I ask is, are you an investor? And and very few hands go up. And then I'll say, well, do you have a 401k? And every hand goes up. Because as women, we feel like we need to know the answer to every question before we ask it. And in certain areas of money, that's very possible. I can find you the best credit card and I can be right, but I can't find you the best stock or the best mutual fund or tell you what's going to happen in the market. I can I can hazard a good guess. I can base it on history. I can tell you to diversify. You know, all of those are the right moves, but for some women it's not enough to truly get in there because we don't feel like we have all the answers. And so my investment resolution is for all of us to give ourselves permission to start where we are. You you have investments. So figure out where you are, what you own, what you're in, whether you're getting on the right path. And if you need some help to do that, get some help to do that. Because this is not a piece of your financial life that you should delegate completely. It's only when we are in this game, when we've got table stakes, that we actually gain the confidence that we need to do it through our lifetimes. And we will need to do it through our lifetimes 
A, because we're going to be alone at some point because of the divorce rate and because we're remaining single or because um, we'll outlive our spouses. But B, we're going to have all the money. I mean, Deirdre, my, my <laughs> new book, my new book has the same title as your show, um, Women with Money. It's coming out in March, but it's all coming our way. So we better learn how to handle it. It's just kind of breaking down this unfamiliarity, perhaps for some people, just getting more familiar with vocabulary, asking questions. I agree. That's even honestly a challenge for most women in their careers. When they go to promote themselves, they think like, oh, I shouldn't be CFO because I don't know every single thing about this company but they are in fact above and beyond qualified. Um, no, I think that's wonderful to just like start to have the conversation, develop familiarity and take responsibility. Sometimes I think it's just boring. It's like cleaning out your closet. You're like, oh, I don't really feel like doing this, but you have to. Farnoosh, what do you say to people who say, well, I'm just not good at math, so I can't be an investor? Stop lying to yourself, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I think that those are just stories we tell ourselves uh, because um, that's sometimes how we've been socialized, conditioned. We've grown up maybe witnessing um, female role models who also didn't really take a stake in their investments. And now as adults, we feel this de facto feeling, right, that I'm just not good at it. But that's not the truth. So just stop lying to yourself. You can open up an index fund to like in the next five minutes, go online and just start where you can. Start small. You don't feel like you need to. I, I just got a question today from a woman who said to me, Farnoosh, I have $5,000 in cash sitting in a box in my closet. Uh, I don't know where to start investing. I said, you don't need to worry about investing right now. You need to get into a bank <laughs> and like FDIC insurance ASAP. Like, don't put that in your shoebox. And then, you know, over the course of the year, we could look at maybe investing a little bit at a time. I think there is a bit of a trepidation, like you have to get all the answers right. Like Jean said, I have to, everything has to happen now. Uh, I think there is something uh, to be said about being prudent and being conservative. I think those are all strengths that women have, too. Bobby, you have a resolution for millennials, <laughs> and you have this podcast called Financial Grown Up. Yes. Wondering if there's something from your own personal experience from when you were a millennial, or maybe you are a millennial, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> No, I'm a Gen Xer. A Gen Okay, so what inspired you to focus on this group of women? Because I think we all go through these hard life transitions. And as we've been talking about, it's so much easier to just kind of go through the motions of our daily lives. And we don't stop to focus on, oh, my goodness, I'm actually becoming a grown up. I have to start paying attention to all of these things, whether it's making sure I have disability insurance, making sure I'm actually on a proactive investing plan, whatever that may be, at least something that's not a shoebox. And I'm thinking about <laughs> earning more money, as Farnoosh says. So what's our, what would you say our top resolution would be? So my top resolution for millennials is focused on spending and technology, because I think that's something that they are very focused on. And on Financial Grown Up, we take our cue from role models, many of which are in this room, who have been guests on the show. And I wanted to talk about Coco Chanel, because there's a famous quote from Coco Chanel where she says, before you leave, look in the mirror and take one thing off. And I think everyone mm. should look at our phones and take one thing off for the new year. That may be an app that you're paying for that you shouldn't be paying for, and you're mindlessly having it hit your bill every month, and you don't even realize that's happening. Or it may be a retailer. Absolutely, no matter what, turn off those push notifications on your phone, because every time you're picking up your phone, you're getting a push notification from a retailer, and I'm not going to name names, but they know who we are, and they're coming after us, and they're telling you every day that there's a one-day sale, and it gets really tempting. <laughs> so it's important, and it's a great New Year thing to go through each credit card bill, everything on auto pay. Just because it's automatic doesn't mean it should stay forever. 
sometimes people take an even greater um, rule, set a, set a bigger rule that may seem unattainable, but they really want to do it. I have a colleague who came up with a way that she was going to go on to go to seven continents in by the, her 30th birthday. And the way that she and her husband did it before they had kids was they went through periods where they'd have a financial cleanse. They'd set a, they'd set a goal of where they wanted to go and a budget that they would try to reach. And then they go on a financial cleanse. And for her, her financial cleanse was, I mean, it was hardcore. And then ultimately, she was able to save enough to do these amazing trips all over the world. It's about knowing what you really want, right? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's about knowing what you want mm-hmm. more. <laughs> so, Deirdre, on your new Fox Business show, you speak with a lot of female entrepreneurs. So I want to hear a resolution from you for female entrepreneurs. But before that, I want to ask you, what's behind the, this trend where there's so many more women starting their own business? Well, it's amazing. And to borrow language, it's definitely worth celebrating. It's a very exciting time. I think in general, there's a lot more people who realize, hey, I have this skill set. And maybe by being independent, I can actually leverage that more than if I'm just part of a larger company where maybe I don't get to spread my wings as much as I would like to. As far as uh, resolution and advice, I will just borrow what some of my guests have told me. Um, One person in particular just said, speak up. And I know this sounds very 1950s and very dated, um, but she works for the largest private equity firm in the world. And she said at one board meeting presentation, she was told that nobody could hear her. And she decided from that point on that she would speak loudly and clearly and truly have her voice heard. Now, I know for everybody in this room, they're probably well beyond that point. But I just think it was a very nice reminder. And she helps to manage $450 billion, so it shows you to what extent some of these things are still legacy issues for women. Coming up, more career resolutions for 2019 and the smartest money secrets to use all year. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. Welcome back to a special look at how to take hold of your financial independence in the new year. Now more on how the smartest women in personal finance are managing their money this year. Bobby, this is your first year going solo having your own business. What's the biggest lesson you've learned? Don't forget to monetize. And that's a lesson that I learned from Jean Chatsky before I started. We had a little conversation. We were introduced through a mutual friend, and Jean was kind enough to meet me after doing one of her Today Show spots, and it ended up being this amazing mentoring session. And she talked to me about the concept of after I wrote my book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up, where that might take me and the opportunities it might open up. And we have so many things that we can do to be fulfilling and to follow our passions, but it is important as women that we not forget to get paid, that what we do is valuable and it is important that we negotiate, that when we go to speak, we ask to get paid. And that doesn't happen unless you ask. And that when you go do something that 
maybe a man would always get paid for, we have to remember to ask because it's not always assumed. And if you don't ask, you won't get paid. So that was my biggest thing was to make sure. And I did turn a profit. Thank you very much. (laughs) I also read a statistic that um, female business owners pay themselves less than male business owners. So while you're out there asking clients to pay you, uh, which doesn't always happen, um, don't forget to keep some of that for yourself, too, that we have this um, instinct to kind of put it all back in the business or give it all to our families. But make sure just like in your personal finances, you pay yourself first. As a business owner, you also profit first. And put it in the 401k or the, yes. or the IRA, the right? The 401k. Business, <laughs> the business is all too often for entrepreneurs, male and female, the retirement plan, right? We, we mm-hmm. just assume that we're going to build this thing into a, a big valuable entity and be able to sell it or exit in some otherwise fabulous way and have a lot of money right when we need it. And mostly that doesn't happen. And so we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And it is important. And this happened in 2017 when I I technically started the business, although this was my first full year in 2018, that you do start whatever is the appropriate retirement fund. I did open a a solo 401k first and foremost to save for your retirement, but it also will help on your business taxes quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So that's another big benefit of it because some of these plans are really set up to support small businesses. Arnoush, what do you say to people who think having your own business is very glamorous? What? (laughs) Um, I define glamour as being able to work from home, sometimes my pajamas, move around my schedule so I can take my son to the bus stop, that feels very glamorous to me. I don't know what everyone else thinks, but yeah, I think from the outset, um, it you know there is this sort of. I tr- maybe we just make it look really glamorous as entrepreneurs, uh, but I think the reality is is that, like any other commitment that you're passionate about, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of takes a lot out of you. But I think what at the end of the day, makes it all worth it is the flexibility. And that's also very glamorous, I think. I remember being on a panel with Barbara Corcoran and um, the moderator asked, why don't you think there are more female CEOs and more women running hedge funds? And Barbara goes, because it's a sucky job. It is, I think, better to be self-employed. Um, but calling it glamorous, um, <laughs> I, I think that's very generous. Uh, but there definitely there are some days where, like, being here with you women and with you ladies, you know, it's I'm very grateful. It's a very – I sort of – I guess maybe it's more um, gratifying than glamorous, another G word. So I, I want to – we're running short on time, and there's, there's so much to cover, and this has been amazing. But I want to wrap up with two last questions, just a quick lightning round. Uh, first question for each of you, if you could give our listeners one uh, career resolution that they should consider for the new year. So, Sharon, do you want to start? Well, I, I think the first thing I'd say is to just update your LinkedIn pro- profile, mm-hmm. start with the picture, and the great picture that you'd share with your sister and your girlfriends because you look so happy and your makeup was perfect may not be the best one for the LinkedIn profile. Make sure it's professional and it, and it really captures who you are and what, what professionally. Um, and all the great things that you did in 2018 that you were so busy doing that you didn't have time to actually put on there, put on there and make sure people know what you've done. I would say set a goal for the end of 2019. I mean, we set a lot of different goals. We set a lot of investment goals. We set goals as far as where we want to be in our family planning stages and our relationships. A lot of us don't set very tangible career goals. So, you know, know where the finish line is for the end of the year, and then you can plot your way there. 
something that was really helpful to me every year is to find mentors, mentorship, women and men who can guide you on all sorts of things, whether it's uh, salary, career direction, career, uh, career changes. I think that you might be entering the new year with a lot of questions, and the best way to get them answered is to connect with other people. I think it's important not to go solo, that you learn to ask for appropriate help and to delegate and get people to help you achieve your goals and obviously give back as well. But it's okay if you want to hire an assistant. There's tons of people you can bring on board through all of these different gig economy apps and so on. And so to ask for and get help. I think to create and control your narrative, no matter where you are, whether you're a part of a big corporation, whether you're working for yourself, in a lot of ways it piggybacks on what Sharon said, know who you are, know what your skill set is, your uniquely, just competitively, right on the ball skill set, so that when you meet new people you and you're asking for mentorship or you're networking, you know who you are and you know what you have to offer right away, whether that's you and your business or whether that's you as part of a larger organization. You're letting people know what you can do for them tomorrow, and that helps keep you connected and marketed in the right ways. It's your superpower. You have to know your superpower. Time now for your secrets. I'm Sharon Epperson, and my money secret is to have my paychecks directly deposited in several accounts so that I'm saving without even thinking about it. I'm Jean Chatsky, and my money secret is I automatically save for every goal. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi, and my money secret is I try to make some of my money unreachable. And while I could probably tap them, I don't really want to. I want to earn the interest, and so that's good for my bottom line. I'm Bobby Rebell. My money secret is to create and nurture a network of women and proactively support their ventures. I'm Deirdre Bolton, and my money secret is I do have some money deducted automatically from an account that then goes to my children's future education funds. Thanks for listening to a special edition of Secrets of Wealthy Women. Be sure to tune in for future episodes featuring BET co-founder Sheila Johnson and Carrie Sheffield, founder of Bold Media. And check back all year to hear the inspiring stories women continue to share about the secrets to their success. I'm Veronica Dagger. Thanks for listening. When it comes to building and financing stronger businesses, Apollo does the heavy lifting by providing customized capital solutions to drive innovation and growth. Apollo, investing in tomorrow, today. Learn more at Apollo.com.